You're listening to Refracted World with Terry Geo. Episode 14. Let's talk about gaming. If you believe gaming is just for kids, you're probably old. And that's not me insulting you. I mean it quite literally. You have to be old because otherwise you would know that the majority of video games haven't been aimed at kids in a very, very long time. Sure, there are plenty of games for children, from the very young all the way up to young teens. There are hundreds of games aimed at families. Just look at the massive collection on the Nintendo Switch. But gaming has evolved a lot since the 1980s. And for those of us who grew up with gaming, we have followed and been a part of that evolution ever since. Gaming is big business. In fact, that's an understatement. The software entertainment industry is so massive, it's in the top 20 of global industries. Software entertainment at $527 billion a year sits at number 15, above retail, healthcare products, electrical equipment, information services, and biotech companies making future of medicine. Gaming is massive. And if it were just for kids, this total would be a fraction of what it is today. Whereas the likes of Sonic and Mario are still available, the wealth of content on offer is for adults and is so far removed from those early shoot-em-ups and platformers that it's difficult to bundle them together in the same genre. As a society, we have spent centuries watching, listening and reading for our entertainment and escapism purposes. Theatre and books came first, and then in the 20th century, radio, film and TV. Almost every single person on the planet will spend decades of their life watching performers entertain on their home televisions. Gaming is the next evolution to this. We still watch a screen, but we are immersed in the story, participating in making choices that decide the fate of its characters and play a role in the entertainment we consume. But it goes much further than that. Study after study has shown that gaming also helps with cognitive abilities, making gamers much more likely to be better problem solvers. It can also help lower blood pressure, make players more motivated, creative and spontaneous, and with online games, those without the opportunity, can play with others from anywhere in the world instantly and chat to them live. And yet people older than me, the ones born before the 1980s, who didn't grow up with gaming and all technology all around them, still see it as a frivolous exercise designed solely for children. When you separate the gaming industry away from software entertainment, it is worth on its own around $347 billion a year. In comparison, the film industry, remember this is global, is 90 billion, literally five times smaller than the gaming industry. It's huge, and its popularity is due to the vast variety of games and genres on offer for all ages. Why spend all of your free time sitting in front of a TV when it could be spent exploring a hyper-realistic space station or solving a mystery or saving the planet all while chatting to friends all across the world. A few weeks ago, I asked this question on social media. What genre of games do you play and how old are you? In total, I had 69 responses across TikTok, threads and Instagram. 
Surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, there were no responses on Facebook. If you follow my podcast, you will know that I asked a different question a few months ago uh, across all social media platforms, and the main responses I got were all from Facebook, almost a thousand of them. But this is rather telling. Facebook is known for having an older user base, whereas TikTok and Instagram is usually younger users. And so I think that's why when I ask a question about gaming, it didn't get a good response on Facebook, but I wasn't expecting zero response. It's quite shocking, really. Oh, and I didn't post it to Twitter at all. That being said, this isn't a huge pool of responses I got back, and the algorithm does seem to push my content more to people around my age. So that will skew these results. Even so, I was happily surprised by what you all said. So as I did with the previous question, I have built an Excel spreadsheet to separate all the different genres out against all the different age groups. And I did it in age groups of five years. So it's 16 to 20, 21 to 25, all the way to 61 to 65. I didn't get anybody older than that, otherwise I would have added that as well. And like I said, in total, there were just 69 responses. And I will go through them all in, well, whichever ones get the lowest amount of people and then the highest, obviously. So first on the list, well, there are three actually, but the first one is MMO. Now, I have spent quite a large portion of my younger life playing World of Warcraft, which is an online multiplayer game. Well, MMO stands for Massively Multiplayer Online. And I devoted many years of my life playing that. The problem is MMOs are great games if you have a good group of friends or players with you. And even though World of Warcraft has now moved into a more solo realm in its later incarnations, it still devotes a lot of your time to it. And I just don't have that time anymore. Unfortunately, I'm working a lot, so I don't have the time to go on raids and dungeons. And, you know, if you don't know MMOs, it's it's difficult to explain, but it's a massively open world game where you play with millions of other people all online at the same time. You can't pause it. And there are probably thousands of quests and hundreds of different dungeons and it's it's it is great fun but you do need to put at least 10 plus hours a week into the game um if not more and like your weekends will be taken over playing it so i don't have time anymore to play memos which is a shame but you know i'm happy doing other things but i am shocked to see that only one person put mmo as their main genre they play and that age group was 51 to 55, which I also thought shocking because I don't know where <laughs> older people get their time from. When I was younger, I seemed to have all the time in the world and then that disappears. The next two with only one responders were Roguelike, which was a 16 to 20 year old. And the other one was Puzzle, which was a 36 to 40 year old. After that, we get into three responses for strategy and those ages range from 21 to 25, 31 to 35, and 36 to 40. And then we have, after that, we've got platformers from 26 to 30 and 41 to 45. Survival, we had just five 
um, running from 26 all the way up to 50. And then the bigger ones, so you have FPS, there were eight, and they were from 41 to 65. And the biggest by far was RPG. 42 people responded, they play RPG. And the age ranges from 16 through to 60. Now this result shocked me. I was expecting FPS to be 16 to 30 year olds and quite a lot of them. And then everything else spread out. But for RPG to get so many saying that it was their favorite genre, I mean, 42 people out of 69, that's a, I don't know the percentage, but that's a huge amount. And all age ranges. Actually, the biggest age range was 40 to 45, but that's my age range. And again, I think that's the algorithm pushing my content to people my age. Because I've noticed that with my podcast, when I look at the statistics, there are more people of my age who listen to this podcast than any other demographic. So I think that's probably an algorithm thing, but still it runs all the way through 16 to 60. And when you think about it, it makes sense because there are, I've compacted a lot of genres together to get these like simulation got five, but that includes stuff like the Sims and driving and flight simulator because they're all simulations, but they're all very different games and RPG. There are lots of different genres of RPG, but they're still essentially RPGs. And I didn't add my own um, tally to this, but it would make 70 and it would be RPG because RPG is also my favorite genre to play. I love RPG games. I'm a creative myself. And so I love to immerse myself in story-driven narratives. There are so many brilliant, beautiful, and thought-provoking games out there that just oh, take you away with the stories. They're so much less than the games you remember as a kid. And I see them more now as experiences. I'm still looking at a screen, but I'm the one who's moving my character. I'm choosing the destinations and conversation choices. And in some games, I'm deciding the outcome of the entire game. I do prefer open world adventures, but there are some also incredible linear RPGs, like to name a few and just off the top of my head, um, Jedi Survivor. I played that this year. Awesome. Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed. Oh, and Red Dead Redemption 2, which is simply incredible. I believe everyone should play that game at some point. Uh, but my favorite games overall are open world. So Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which I played last year, and it was a joy from start to finish. Assassin's Creed Origins, which I think is one of the best Assassin's Creed games ever. Obviously, Assassin's Creed 2 is the best ever, but Origins comes a close second. But I think the game for me that's had the most impact in my adult life has to be Cyberpunk 2077. I've had three full playthroughs and I still think about it all the time. I think about the locations, the sounds and the characters and the stories that played out. And it's locked into my memory as if it's a real place. If you add all these games together, I've probably spent, in fact, I know I have, I've spent hundreds of hours 
inside these games, exploring, crafting, fighting, and being in awe of the landscapes and the stories and the characters. When you tell a non-gamer how much time you spend with them, they can't comprehend how you get anything else done in your life. But for many of us, this is our recreation. How many hours a day do you sit and watch TV or scroll through social media? Looking at averages online, it probably adds up to about five hours a day. Gamers use a lot of that time to game. It's a much more involved way to consume media and it, it can take sometimes weeks or months to complete a full game. We still watch TV from time to time and we still love films, but that's not our only form of entertainment. There are more options out there and gaming is just one of them. But where do we go from here? Well, the evolution has already begun in virtual and augmented reality. In the next decade, I believe we will all be using some sort of this technology in some form. We can already watch TV and film inside VR. We can work, we can game, we can explore. And as the headsets get smaller and the technology gets integrated with everyday appliances, it will become the most prolific way to consume media. In fact, next week's episode will concentrate on the future of VR and AR. So if you're interested in this subject, please come back for that. The majority of us work hard most of our lives and recreation is sparse and it's very precious. Your free time is yours to do with whatever makes you happy. If you want to sit on the sofa after a long day at work and relax while flicking through Netflix or Disney Plus, then that's your choice. For others, they don't want to be sinking further into the sofa, making a Sheldon size indentation. See, I do watch TV. Some of us want other options and want to keep our brains active whilst also being entertained. So they boot up their PCs and consoles and immerse themselves in stories that play out in front of them. Gaming hasn't been just for kids for a long time, decades even. And most people, at least from my generation and below, have played video games at some point in their adult lives. And I can't see that changing. In fact, I believe it will only get bigger and better with much more users as the years go on. Times change and technology evolves and adapts even faster. And I'm happy we have so many options for recreation and to release our imaginations and to relax and unwind. And for me, story-driven narrative RPGs are a great way for me to do that. I have lots of other recreations as well, but gaming is a fun way to just uh, completely detach from the world for a very short time. And if you've listened this far, and you're a non-gamer, maybe you're interested to find out what modern gaming is actually like. And so I would advise you trying a game. And I've mentioned it before in this podcast. It's Red Dead Redemption 2. It really is a fantastic character-led game where you play as a cowboy in the Wild West. It's not just about fighting and train heists. There's an incredibly deep storyline which carries through the whole game, which is held together by some of the most stunning graphics in any video game to date. And that would be my suggestion for a non-gamer to play. 
But for all the gamers out there, what would your suggestion be? I mean, I just think because it's a linear game and because it's so beautiful and you have elements of everything in that one game, it'd be really good to play. But maybe you have a different suggestion. And as always, thank you so much for being here today. Um, as the podcast grows and we get more listeners, I'm, I'm, I just love doing it. I, I love sharing my stories and talking about things that interest me. And gaming is just a small part of that. So thank you for being here. As I said, next week is all about the future of VR and AR. So stick around for that. And thanks for listening. Take care.